things small. And that is typical of what we're seeing there. So you get to see that video next week unless I find another great one they made, which they, there are several. But if we're, if we're honest with each other, how many would like to just have every need met all the time? Makeup. Can I have grapes? You know, we would like everything to be met. And when we were kids, when we were kids, and all the kids that are in the building, just listen to me. Because when we were kids and we were in school, we couldn't wait to get older and be out of school. And then when we're out of school, we were like, what is the matter with us? When we were in school and at home, life was on easy street. You know what I had to do growing up? I had to make my bed. <gasps> Take out the trash. <gasps> Mow the yard. Ah! And that's it. And occasionally do some dishes unless my sister twisted that and I had to do them a lot. No, she she did dishes. But that, life was, you know, we thought, oh, because we're in that season of, you know, wherever you're at. And how many knows that sometimes our viewpoint can be skewed and we'll lose our peace. So we want to talk this morning just about peace and how we can get it and maybe how we could maintain some and how we could change some things. I'm going to give you some scripture right, right away. First Peter 3.11. Turn away from evil and do good. I love this. I put it in bold. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Can I say that every situation comes your way is probably not going to be peaceful. You ever been to the BMV? Isn't that line supposed to move? Or the people in front of you, could you maybe just take a step so I can get the illusion that maybe I'm moving forward? Or when you get up there after you've waited some time, you don't have the right paperwork. I'm sorry, you're going to need, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, you almost feel like Zach. <laughs> Life is like that and I get it. But we have to sometimes search for peace. God, show me something good. You know, my wife will tell me, tell me something good. So, you know, just sometimes that search, because can I tell you, you're really looking for something. You might as well look for something good. You can find it, and then the Bible says work to maintain it. In other words, it might take some effort on your part to keep some peace. Because you might have to stop your brain from stinking thinking. You might have to say, you know what, I ain't going there. My wife will do this. We'll, we'll be doing something. She'll go. That's her way of saying, zip it, Charlie. Don't go down that road. You know, just keep, keep your peace. John 14, 27 says, I'm leaving you with a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Jesus has given us a gift. He's given us peace, but it's a different kind of peace. We'll talk about that in a second. Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything. Say anything. It exceeds anything we can understand. In other words, God is going to do something. This gift that Jesus is, how many knows Jesus is God? He's going to give you something that you might not even, it's so good, you might not be able to maintain an understanding on it. Mind blown. You mean, God, I might not understand? Right. Okay. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. Now listen, here's this. If I was an English teacher, as, as you live in Christ Jesus. So it's going to guard your mind and your hearts as we are in Christ. Boy, there's some scripture we could pull out for that, isn't there? 
as we stay in Him, as we abide in Him, the peace that God has, we're safe. Look, listen to Psalm 91. Think about that. Just think of all the scripture that that just works right with. This isn't a peace the world gives. How many knows the world gives peace? It's temporary. It can be something that it just it'll go away quickly. It's kind of like a new toy. Or how about this cell phone? You get the latest and greatest. Give it six months and you won't have the latest and greatest because they got some other one coming out that's about $3,000 now. You can lease this. All right. As soon as things change, peace is gone. The world gives us replace peace of God's peace. They want us to have a spirit of upset. You should be upset. Everybody's out to get you. This and this and this. They're always trying to do that. And we have this victim mentality or uh, almost a... Uh, it, Everybody owes us entitlement mentality. And that that kind of a, we're so easily offended. And boy, I'm telling you what, we've got to be watching that we don't want to be that way. Because the world is going to give us that spirit of whiny butt. (laughs) You try to cast that off somebody, you'll draw a crowd. You spirit of whiny butt, come off of him. People be like, okay, I'm not going to that church. (laughs) We grew up with all kinds of things. You know, I think people like stuff from the past. uh, Some of the old sitcoms because everything got fixed in 30 minutes. You know, could we really leave it to Beaver? Jude Ward Cleaver. Happy Days. Uh, The Waltons. How many remember the Waltons? Every, Every night. Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, John boy. You know the guy that mows their yard? They call him lawn boy. <laughs> All right, never mind. Grew up with Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, lickable wa- wallpaper, little orange Oompa Loompas that would do everything you, you know, hey, go get me a pop, will you? Oompa Loompa, Oompa Dee Doo. All those kind of things. <laughs> but what happens then, we try to fix everything. We try to do everything ourselves. We try to make all this. And sometimes you can't fix stuff that you didn't break. You have to rely on God. Say amen to that. There's going to be stuff that's going to happen to you that you didn't have any part of or very little part of. And you can't fix it because it's going to need something greater than you. And you're going to have to let the greater one in you help fix what's in you and in that situation. Because that's the only way it's going to get fixed. And you're going to say this. Now listen. Brett, that can't happen because I don't even understand. I just told you the scripture. You're not going to understand it. But how many knows God is bigger than what you could even comprehend? He, he can solve this problem and he even knows how he's going to do it. You don't have to know how he's going to do it. You just have to trust him. They used to have a saying, and you can probably heard it, go with the flow. Got to be careful which way the flow is going. Sometimes the flow, flow not going so good. But as you, as you listen, God, you just tell me what you want me to do. If the world is going that way and you're telling me to go this way, then I'm going to be like rubbing a cat backwards. I better go this way. How about water off a duck's back? Here's the thing. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If I've got God in me and he's told me this, I can stand on that. And whatever this issue is coming at me, It won't get to me. It will repel because I'm in him. 
And when I'm in him, I have peace. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. What happens if it's just you? Everybody around you just isn't doing it. Your boss just isn't living that way. Your bank book doesn't seem like it's living that way. Your, your gas tank on your car is on W for walk. All this stuff's going on. And you've got to start saying to yourself, all right, God, what am I going to believe? Because there's a lot of things out there you can tie your belief system to, but nothing will give you peace unless it's Christ. If it gives you peace, it's very temporary. The enemy is good at selling you temporary goods, but he fails to show you the price tag of the temporary goods. The devil wants your peace. Let's look at John 14, 27 in the Amplified Version. I, I wanted to bring this out. We read it in the New Living. Peace I leave with you, my own peace. Now, this is Jesus saying, I'm going to give you what I have. I'm going to give you my peace. My own peace I now give and bequeath. Bequeath, bequeath. That's a cool word. It's hard to say, but it sounds fun. Do I sound smarter when I say that? Bequ- I, be- I bequeath you. Um, Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated or disturbed, and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Can I say, this is explaining, because in fear there's no peace. In faith, you'll find peace. Because why? Faith is going to be bigger than what you're facing. And it will even go past your understanding. That's why it's faith. If you can see everything and you know everything, you don't need faith to do that. But you're going to have to tie yourselves to something bigger than you. How many knows we do a lot of things to ourselves? We lose our peace and we open the door to fear. We begin to take the enemy's bait and we start going down that road. Oh, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some worms. All this is going wrong. Charlie Brown, why is everybody always picking on me? You have all those things, and we can get that kind of mentality. It's easy to get. But I can tell you, if you receive that, it's harder to get rid of than to get. How many knows it's easier to gain weight than lose weight? (laughs) And all the people are like, yeah, amen, Pastor Donuts. But it is. Sometimes it's easier. It just seems like and it creeps up on you. And then you think to yourself, how did I let myself get like this? Sometimes life is like that. We've got ourselves in a financial or a, not a financial. Let's just say a physically unfit mental state because we've allowed things to creep in and steal our peace. We've allowed things to come in and rob us of the things that the very presence of God in our lives that brings peace. I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy everything about my life. I want to be able to go, you know what, God, I want to have peace. And you can say this. You can say, well, Brett, I I haven't done everything so good. Hey, welcome to the club. If I could go back and rewind, how many would do something different? My friends, you can't do anything about the past. All you can do is make your mind up to not repeat it. And start thanking God for his mercy. Thanking God for his grace and for his forgiveness. And then move forward. Because 
As Forrest Gump might say, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to. You know, I'm, I was talking to my uncle the other day, and he said my grandma Cowan used to get a box of chocolates, and he used, she used to take her thumb and push the bottom of every one of them to see what was inside. And if she didn't like it, then she just left it there. Nobody wants a box of chocolates like that. Put it in your mouth. If you don't like it, spit it out. But I don't have to look at your thumbprint. <laughs> live your life and live it differently. If you made mistakes, we all have. Let's learn from them and put them behind us. And start enjoying the peace that God has. Even if you're like, God, I don't even understand that. I don't have to understand it. I just have to receive it. So how do we enjoy peace, enjoy rest, enjoy letting God do what he can do and what I can't do and just trusting him to take care of the things for that. Have you ever tried to make something happen? I've had, I, I got a t-shirt on that. Sometimes I'd always try to fix it. I'd be Mr. Fix-It. I heard a problem and Kim had a problem and she wanted it. I'd be like, I'll fix it. I'd fix it right now. But you know, sometimes it's not my job to fix it. And I just made it worse by trying to fix it. Anybody else get a witness for that? Man. Patience. Because God, I don't think, you know, God, I think you need my help, really. You probably need me to take care of this, don't you, God? Now, God does need us to do some things. I get it. That's probably for me. Just take a message. But what we need to do with God is just say, let, let's let God be God and let let's us submit to that and just understand, Father, what do you want me to say in this? What do you want me to do in this? How do you want me to respond? God has perfect timing. And we need to just trust in that. Now, here's the crutch with that. Because people will use that as an excuse. They'll say this, I'm waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. Some people will wait on God their entire lives. And the fact is, God was ready when, you know, years ago. Some of us have, well, I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on him to tell me. God, if you take 17 sparrows and spell my name in the sky, I'll know that's you and all. Really? If he took 17 sparrows and did that, you still wouldn't do it. You might start, but you'd never finish it. If you need that kind of, come on. We're going to have to listen to that small, still voice in there and start saying, all right. You know, and here's the thing. People will ask me, Brett, I I don't know. How do we know? Because he speaks to us. Sometimes he'll use people. Sometimes he'll use a donkey. That was in the Bible. If he can use a donkey, he can use me. He all he all he always would. Sometimes, <laughs> sorry, I got you awake. That's what counts. All right, you know how he speaks to you most generally. He speaks to you in the word. In your word, and people ask me this. This is one of the most questions I get asked in all the twenty-five plus years I've done ministry. How do I know if I'm in the will of God? You ever wonder that? I'm going to give you four really easy, quick ways to know that if you're in the will of God, that's that's we didn't even charge you to come in. See, people say that's worth the price of permission. There's, this is all free. Here's number one. Just pray. Just talk to God. Talk to him every day. I mean, as much as you can, just talk to him. Just talk to him. No, you don't have to use big words. You don't have to, you know, have a degree. Do you know the disciples really didn't have degree? Not in ministry degrees. There's a doctor, there's a tax collector, a fisherman, a doubter. 
you know, but what if you just, what if you just talk to him? Okay. So you want to pray. You want to just pray. That's talking to God. That's what that is. That's what prayer is. Do I have to close my eyes? Don't do it while you're driving. You don't. But you can talk to him with your eyes open. You can talk to him in the shower. You can talk to him in the morning. You can talk to him in the evening, day or night, whatever. Just talk to him. Talk to him in the car on your commute to work. Just talk to him. Here's secondly. Read the Bible. Just find some, you know, the, the great book in here is Proverbs. You know, Proverbs is a great book. It's full of wisdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm wise. Yeah, I like how you said it. Did you hear how she said that? I'm wise. So there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So today's the 15th. So some of you go, what's important about that? Well, today's tax day. So there I ruined your day. No, I did not. You're good. But today's the 15th. So read Proverbs 15. Tomorrow, read Proverbs 16. 17, 18. You could read a proverb every day. Seriously, do it in the morning before you start work. Do it at night before you go to bed, whichever. I don't care when you read it, but there's a there's a starting place. Then read something else in the Bible. Read two or three scriptures somewhere else or find a quick devotional that you can read. But read your Bible. I have people, you know, I just like my Bible on my phone and that's fine. If that's where you want to read your Bible, it is still kind of cool to turn a page, though, in my opinion. To, to see it, I mean, you can see it on your phone. So I'm not against, I, I have devotions, I have three devotions I do every day on my phone, every day. But I read Proverbs out of my book every day. And then I, and, and then, you know, read some other things in the book and stuff as well. There's something about seeing it and actually doing it. It's still, it's okay. No, I'm not condemning because I'm glad if you've got it on your phone, awesome. And then you don't have a book and it's still on your phone, thumbs up to you. Not telling you to stop. Please do not stop. But I'm just saying it's kind of cool to know the books of the Bible or to begin to, to still look in them. There's nothing that that's cool because what happens if you're someplace and you don't have a phone, you forgot your phone or your battery dies and you're in a hotel room going on a trip somewhere and there's a Gideon Bible in there. Thank God for a Gideon Bible. Well, you could still read something, couldn't you? Reading is good. Good for you. All right. So now we've got praying. We've got reading. Are you ready for number three? Have a good work ethic. These are all just four quick ways to show you how you can get in the will of God. I've tried to I've tried to model that in front of my children. Have a good work ethic. What's that mean? I mean, be a person of integrity. When you're supposed to be at work, be at work. Do whatever you're supposed to do. Do do good things. Work yourself the way God wants you. Be you're working for Jesus, and whatever job you have, they're paying you to be there, and you're just there for God. And you do what you have to do, but you work. So I have a good work ethic. Here's number four. Be obedient in your giving. Now, this is the thing. See, people, this is what, no, no, okay, no, I can't do that. Well, I'm just telling you. You don't have to do this. I'm not going to try to take up an offering right now, you know, at this. I'm not. But this is how you know you're in the will of God. Praying, reading, work ethic, giving. If you're doing all four of those, you are connected with the father because you're you're already you have increase coming in your house. You're honoring God by first fruit and first portion. Come on, somebody. And you are already tied in saying, "Okay, God, I'm going to give. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. It's not my money. It's yours anyway. I'm going to pray. I have a good work ethic. I'm going to read my word. I will know when I'm in the will, because when I'm not, I won't have any peace.
Colossians 3.15, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. The amplified of that word rule says umpire. Let the peace of God make the call. In other words, an umpire. How many knows what an umpire is? If you're playing baseball, he's the one that says, safe, you're out, ball. He's the guy that makes the call. Let peace Make the call. If you're about to do something, you're about to make a decision on something, and something is unsettled, let that peace make the call. First thought this morning, peace determines position. So when you let peace make the call, that decides where you're going to stand on it. You will, you will position yourself to be in line with the blessing of God if you understand this peace. I'm listening. I'm tied in. I pray. I read my word. I, I do what he tells me. I have a good work ethic and I'm being obedient in my giving. I'm hearing his voice. I have his peace. I'm not settled about this. I'm backing away from it. Or this is a good thing. I have green lights the whole way through. I'm praying. I'm listening. You'll know how to make peace the umpire. If we don't know how to be in God's will, then we don't know how to enjoy his peace. So we want to stay in God's will. God speaks in that small, still voice. You know, if you go ahead and do it anyway, you'll find out why you didn't have a peace. We just lived through some of that. Sometimes you do something and you go, I knew it. Ever said that? I knew that was going to happen. Sometimes you want to go, doi, doi, doi. if you knew it was going to happen, what'd you do it for? Because. <laughs> so listen to the voice. Listen to what God's saying. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's our second thought for this morning. The enemy is a thief. If what you're experiencing is killing, stealing, destroying, not by you, but by things that are going on in your life, just know the enemy is live and about, and that's him doing that work. He is out to destroy and kill. He wants your peace. Over the years, he's studied you, and he knows weaknesses. So you have to know those things for yourself. Say amen to that. You know stuff that you're like, okay, I'm putting protection over these areas. You know, if something makes you mad, you might not want to, you might not want to turn into the Hulk. Might not be good. Give the boy the shovel. You know, whatever. You make those things. You make those areas uh, because you know where the enemy is going to try to get you. He knows what makes you upset. There's things that bother me that do not bother Kim. Guys and girls are different. We've talked about that. You know people that there's things that don't even bother them. There's things that will bother you. Little things do not bother me that might be little, I would think, to her. may not be little to her. They would just irritate. Are there any perfectionists in the building? Yeah. <laughs> people pointing at other people. <laughs> Say something to them. You know, we do a devotion every morning, and I, I, I come upstairs after I've been out in the... I've read my Bible and prayed and went out to the barn, worked out and come back in and come back up in the morning and, and get my shower and all that. And then I come out and get the devotion book and she's sitting out in the sitting room and we do a devotion. Well, when I shut the cabinet, 
The cabinet doesn't always stay shut, and it'll come out about like that. It does not bother me at all. At all. I don't care if the cabinet was swung wide open. I, I don't care. I don't care if there's you know mice in there doing a jig. It's not going to bother me. Well, the mice part might, but I'd like to see the jig part. But that cabinet being open like that, she cannot. Well, she could, but she'll be like, could you please close that? And I've sat and said, it's just open like that. She's like, I know, but it's driving. No, could you just go close it? If I wouldn't close it, she's going to get up and go over there and go. How many understand what she's saying? It will just because she's just like, oh, sorry, man. Uh, there's only one shovel. Oh, the cabinet's not open. So I just get up and I'll go close the cabinet because in my mind, I'm going. Yeah. But in her mind, it's like, thank you. See, there's different things that make us go this way or that way. We all know that. But the enemy is coming to steal your peace. He's coming to get something that God has given to you because you're made in God's image. And he wants anything he can to get you from enjoying your life. And if he can steal your peace, that's exactly what he's going to do. Why is it so important? Why would he want? Now, we understand that peace is giving us position, and we understand that he's a thief. Here's our third thought for this morning. With peace comes power. If he can get your peace, then you will surrender the greater power that's in you by not taking the authority and access to what God has given you. Does that make sense? Think about this. Think about Jesus, even on the going to the cross, they are beating him bloody stupid. I mean, just like almost unrecognizable. Ripping parts of his beard out. They taunted him. They messed with him. They poked him. They did everything you could imagine. Humiliated him. Beat him till beyond recognition. And the Bible says he didn't say a word. I don't know if I could do that. Matter of fact, it would, it would have to be God. And I thought of this. In the midst of all of that beating. Now my mom is sitting right here. My mom is a vocal lady. When we played fifth grade football, I played for Vernon Elementary School. It's not there anymore. <laughs> we played flag football. And my mom has an uncanny gift to yell when no one else is even saying anything. At the wrong time, with a voice that only her kids could love, she would say, Go! And nobody else would be talking. And this is from me being in the huddle. And the guy's like, dude, whose mother is that? And I said, I have no idea. Because she would say it at the wrong times. What I'm saying is this. But nobody could deny that I was her son. And anybody around there, she was going to shout it from the mountaintop. That is my boy. 
and I love him. I could have fumbled and ran the wrong way. She would have cheered when I hit the end zone. (laughs) The reason I'm saying all this is think about Mary. Jesus is going to be nailed to this cross and Mary's not saying anything. She doesn't go up. She doesn't, the Bible doesn't record her saying anything. Here's the reason, because she knew how he got there. And she knew why he came. My friends, this morning, if you would understand that power, that peace that resides when the midst of things that you might not like. You know that song that Mark Lowry helped write, Mary, did you know? The son, the boy that you delivered will soon Deliver you. It's greater that he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that power, when we abide in Christ, when we are in him, when we can't understand all of the crap that's going on out around in the world or the the threats or all the garbage or whatever people are saying, we stay in him and we abide in him because in him we live, we move We have our being. And God says, when you do that, I got you. I'll cover you. I'll take care of you. And that peace, I don't have to do anything. Because daddy's got me. If you will understand that the enemy just wants your peace, because then he knows if you give that peace up, you lose the power. You lose the power for all the things that you could do to damage the enemy's side. Galatians says, share each other's burdens and this way obey the law of Christ. We need each other. I need to protect Kim. She needs to protect me. I need to protect my kids. They need to protect each other and me and her. And we need to protect you. You need to protect me. We need each other. We're supposed to help each other. We're supposed to say, God, help me with this peace thing. But we walk in a world that it's just almost we're so easily offended. At any drop of the hat, we're ready to go, okay, you know what? I'm going to write you off my will. Okay. Why does the enemy want that? Because we lose our position. We lose our place of authority. Delegated authority, but we lose that. And the power that goes with it. It surrounds it itself with unbelief and all of that when we lose our peace hopelessness people ask me all the time well how do we get faith we already know romans says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word so that's good romans ten seventeen. i get it but how do we I, I want faith to be so easy i want to be able to see it well okay you can't always see it in the natural you're going to have to see it by the still small voice You're going to have to see it by the peace, by knowing, I I don't understand. I just know that each step, this water is going to hold me up. I I, I don't know how. That's what Peter's got to be saying to himself. Each step I take, I just have to focus. God, I'm just, okay, one more step. That's what we need. We need to understand. Faith, you know how you spell faith? R-I-S-K. Some of you are going, (laughs) Sesame Street, near, far. Today's letter, risk. Because faith is going to take you, you're going to have to believe. You're going to have to believe. You're going to have to say, God, I don't even understand. God, this is how it's always been. And God's going to say, do you trust me? He's, you know what he's saying? Do you have faith in me? 
Will you take the chance with me? That's what he's saying. He's saying, Brett, come on. Jesus, I can't really see you. I, I can hear you. And he'll say something like this. Then just listen to my voice. I will keep talking. Come on. Listen, if you call 911, that operator will keep you on the line so that they can keep you calm and hear your voice. Am I right about it? You got to keep talking to God. You got to keep plugged into God. You want peace? You can't get it from those around you. You get it from the one that gives it to you. And when you get it from him, it's bigger than you. Because in the real world, we go, this is a mess. But in the kingdom, God says, I don't see it that way. Take another step, Brad. All right. Oh, oh, I, I can see. I can see a part of your hand. Stick it up a little higher. That's it. That's me. Keep coming. Take another step. Mm, why don't you come this way? No, come on. I'm going to tell you one story and I'm done. There's a man and he's in a room and the enemy is in the room. And the enemy is is nasty. And he is tormenting this man. And the man is paralyzed in fear. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe a situation or you just feel, I can't move. How many have ever had a dream where you're trying to call out Jesus' name or God's name and you can't hardly get it out and you're just, I bet that when I was like, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You're all like, oh, he's... But this is what this guy, he wanted to leave the room and he couldn't. He was paralyzed. He, you know, it's almost like the force kind of thing. And he saw Jesus enter the room. And Jesus was between him and the enemy. And so when he saw Jesus enter the room, he was able to stand up. And he said, okay, God, take care of him. And the enemy was just throwing all kinds of stuff at him. And Jesus just started backing up. And the guy's like, Jesus, what are you doing? Go take care of him. And Jesus just kept backing up. The enemy just kept getting louder and louder and saying more things. And the guy's like, Jesus, do something. And Jesus kept getting back. So now Jesus is standing right in front of him. And he's like, Jesus, just just take care of him. And Jesus stepped back one more step. And Jesus' leg went inside his. And the other leg went inside his. And he put his arm inside his and his arm inside his. And then Jesus spoke to him. He said, now tell him to go. And so when he did that, the enemy was just like gone. This thing is real, my friends. We have lived a lot and seen a lot. I've seen different things and stuff I won't even go into now. But I remember the enemy even threatening me spoke and said, I, his words, exact words were, I will kill you. And I was frozen in fear. I was laying in bed right beside Kim. I was frozen. And I remember thinking, God, help me. And I no sooner thought that and was able to just, and I heard God say, I am here. And as soon as that was, I mean, it was just like whatever that was, was like gone. And the presence and the peace of God entered that room. Just like that story. Now here you got to understand. 
Jesus is giving you authority. That's why Jesus is saying, I'm here. But you have to exercise this peace. Exercise this authority. You got to put, you got to, you know what? You are, you are, Jesus is in you. You got the skin on, but God is in you. It's kind of reversed now. Before it was God and Jesus. You know, Jesus is God on foot. And now you're not God, but you are you are the arms and legs of Jesus on foot. That's what it is. And the peace that you carry, he gave you. And the power that he gave you is in that peace. That's why the enemy wants it. Don't give up your position. If you give up your position, the things that are upsetting you, ask God, how do I stop it? Start seeing something different. He's always been this way. She's always done that. He's always done that. Whatever. Start seeing something different. And let that peace of God, because he's given it to you. Come on. He says, I gave, he gave it to you. So let's use it. Let's put our arms in it. And let's start exercising it. Father, I'm not getting upset about this anymore. I'm taking authority over that by the power of Jesus. God, in Jesus' name, I will not be intimidated by the enemy. He cannot have my place of power. My kids are blessed. My family's blessed. My household is blessed. God, I will do great things for you and your kingdom. Lord, I will no longer walk in fear. I will walk in faith. And begin to declare those things and watch what happens. God's going to turn amazing things around for you. You're going to see great strides. Next week, we're going to finish some stuff on peace. I hope you bring as many people as you can. hope this is helping you because it's very practical. It's just ways that you can walk. You don't have to walk afraid. And you don't have to walk miserable. I mean, life is busy right now, isn't it? I mean, for us, it's busy. We're renovating a church and believing to get in there as quick as we can. We're moving at the end of the month. I have to be out of the house we're in now by the end of the month and be in the new one by the end of the month before the next. But he's got this. I didn't set it up. He set it up. So I just have to, again, I got to walk in that because it'd be easy. Circumstances, waves. I'm not going to let it move me. I'm just going to keep looking. I'm going to listen, and I'm going to obey. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please?